Welcome to Civil Discourse. This podcast will use government documents to illuminate the workings of the American government and offer context around the effects of government agencies in your everyday life. And now your hosts, Nia Rogers, public affairs librarian, and Dr. John Augenbaugh, political science professor. Hey, Augie. Hi. What's up? Uh, nothing much except that I want to talk to you about... Um, <clears throat> Public Sen- discourse. Senators threatening Supreme Court justices? Like that. <laughs> like that. That kind of public discourse. That's exactly what I want to talk about. And chief justices then issuing press releases, which hardly ever happens? Yeah. The yeah. whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can we get into that? Oh, sure. Awesome. <laughs> so we talked about during the impeachment, or rather post-impeachment, my sort of frustration with doing something that you know is more than likely not going to be successful. Exactly. And this kind of falls into that same category. But I'm going to put out there <laughs> that going around threatening Supreme Court justices <laughs> with apparently kneecapping them or whatever it is that you think a price to be paid, and you guys can't see my air quotes, but that was the phrase, right, that was yes. used, price to be paid, for not voting correctly on a court case— yeah, what? That's way out over your skis. I mean, that. Yeah, I know that Representative. I mean, excuse me, that Senator Schumer is from New York, and I know that I'm from the South, and we talk about these things differently. Because, see, I would hear that in a in a way that sounded mafia like. <laughs> that was my first response. Was what? What is he in the mafia? Is he going to put? What is it? Cement shoes? Cement shoes on people and put them in the river? Like I have all these imaginings because I'm from the South. That people from New York, that's how they act, which is not the case at all, right? But yeah, that's I what mean, I it, see it, in it, movies. It, that's it, what I see in movies, and so TV shows. And, exactly. Yeah. Always has a New Yorker yeah. is mouthy and threatening and whatever. I'm like, <laughs> if they were all like that, they'd all be dead. That's not possible, right? Like it's not possible for people to be, for everyone <laughs> in, a, in a state to be homicidal. But I'm not entirely sure what it gains for a person of Schumer's stature. Yeah, what uh, listeners stand around and say, listeners, what Nia's is you know, you're going to pay a price. I mean, like, wow, okay. What Nia is referencing is um, immediately after the Supreme Court uh, uh, this week heard oral arguments in a case uh, where there is a challenge to an abortion law in Louisiana. Uh, Senate Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, um, right outside the Supreme Court, and yeah, a, walked over <laughs> there to say it. Didn't in a widely televised uh, press conference, uh, went ahead and called out two of our current Supreme Court justices, uh, Justice Neil Gorsuch and Justice Brett Kavanaugh, and said that if they didn't vote uh, to uphold a woman's right to choose, there would be a price to pay. That's the exact quote. Now, because he is a senator from New York, okay, right? Um, let's just put it this way: the blogosphere, the Twitter sphere. <laughs> me, okay. I mean, it came out kind of threatening. I'm just saying, if I was Gorsuch or Kavanaugh, I'd be like, "What? What, what did he just say?" <laughs> well, and 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 the words were perceived apparently within the Supreme Court as so threatening and dangerous um, that it led to. Uh, 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 the Chief Justice John Roberts 
to respond within hours. Yeah, and they almost never say anything. No, jeez, justice is, yeah, justice is. Their whole thing is like, you can call us whatever names you want. We speak with our opinions. Right. We're not talking to you about, we're not holding press conferences and having a big old fuss. That like, so when he, he responded and what did he, didn't he? Yeah, John Roberts went ahead and said that um, uh, such rhetoric was dangerous um, and that um, uh, the uh, court uh, is focusing on legal arguments um, and not necessarily what people within the political realm okay, want, want, the, or don't want. want or don't want. Um, and This and, from the guy who everybody assumed would overturn completely Obamacare. And he did not. He did not. Because he was looking at the legal argument that yeah. was being made. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of John, John Roberts, Roberts. Yeah. In part because he he is about as bland uh, a bowl of tapioca <laughs> as I've ever seen. And I like my judges feisty. Um, I mean, I wasn't a huge fan of Scalia personally, but as a judge, I was a fan, right? Because he was a feisty judge. But, yeah, yeah, you, you, you but said, I, it's you. probably better for the Supreme Court if, this, if the chief isn't a feisty person because yeah. he's got a lot of feisty people under him. But but yeah, John Ro- you know, John Roberts. Uh, but this, he's a solid John judge. Roberts. John Roberts. Uh, this is the second time in the last three years where John Roberts has had to go ahead and tell a politician um, to cool it with the rhetoric. Right, cool okay. your jets, there, buddy. Okay, because um, uh, three years ago, um, he um, <laughs> uh, actually responded to uh, President Trump. Uh, 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 President Trump made some comments that when his travel ban, particularly the first two versions, uh, were being declared unconstitutional by various lower federal court judges, that the only reason why they were ruling against his travel ban was that they were Obama judges, i.e. they were appointed by um, uh, President Barack Obama. And then he went into some depth about how some of them were also Hispanic. Hispanic and, uh, yes, yes. And, and, and John Roberts responded. And... John Roberts responded uh, in an interview. And again, highly unusual. There are certain justices who will do interviews with the press. John Roberts is not one of them. Right. He, okay. he tends to be a very private yes. individual. Okay. Um, if you've ever read his annual report that he has to issue because as chief justice, he's head of the judicial branch. Okay. It is painstaking to read because he hardly ever rocks the boat. I mean, the words you can tell are carefully chosen, right? Yeah, he crafts. Okay. He crafts so, his message. So when he gave this interview, he went ahead and, and, and responded rather directly. He said, there aren't Obama judges. There aren't Trump judges. Right. There aren't Bush or Clinton judges. We are just judges. Okay. Right. And he basically was like, don't demean people's education and ability and 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 their willingness to be fair and honest. And, you know, are there bad judges? Yeah, yeah, of of course course there are. But as a whole, they tend to be people who are thoughtful. They tend to be people. They know that what they're doing. That's a huge impact. Right. It's not like they enter lightly into that. You know, that's the one thing. Again, not a huge fan of some of our Supreme Court justices. Um, But 
whatever you may say about them, they they put. Oh, they're earnest. Right. Yes. They put themselves into it fully. Yes. Like they they want to do the right thing because they know that could be a hundred years, two hundred years, three hundred years that they're setting precedent for. Sure. They they aren't just going la la la. I'll just pick A because it feels good, and then I'm moving on. I mean, that's not. Yeah. I mean, and, and as my students who have taken courts and politics uh, a course with me come to figure out, you know, some of the justices, some of the federal judges. Um, not really all that bright or talented, okay? Some were evil, right? Um, you know, uh, uh, Justice uh, uh, McReynolds, uh, who was appointed by Woodrow Wilson and served until the late 1930s, he was a, a raging anti-Semite, okay? Right, and some okay. of them were racist, racist and, and some, some of them, them were misogynist. Yes, right? And do all kinds of terrible okay. things. Okay, on the other hand, okay, I would— you know, put up the quality of the people who've been federal judges in this country against judges in any country. Oh, heck yeah. Okay. They are earnest people. I mean, the current bunch, okay, whether or not you like Brett Kavanaugh, you believe that, you know, when he was a younger man, okay. He was foolish. Okay. And, and engaged in uh, the behavior he was accused of. Whether or not you believe Neil Gorsuch uh, occupies the stolen seat that should have went to to, um, uh, An Obama appointee. Okay. Um, but if you look at their credentials, okay, extremely bright, okay, if you are uh, a constitutional law, you know, um, uh, uh, I was going to say, you know, junkie, you know, I'm, I'm into <laughs> it, right? I mean, if you read their opinions, you read the oral argument transcripts, these are bright people, okay, who, you know, just the case that Schumer was responding to, the Louisiana abortion case, okay? Um, I, I, I would have preferred that he had waited until he read the oral argument transcript and then commented. Because if you had read the, com- if you read the oral argument transcript, and again, oral arguments are never um, uh, 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 100% right. uh, an absolute act, in, indicator. Indica- indicator. But you can tell that, that the justices were struggling with this. They wanted to uphold a precedent that was decided three or four years ago. It's It, it was fairly obvious that a number of the justices uh, believe in a woman's right to choose. There were other justices um, who were struggling to make sense of whether or not you know, historically, states have police power to decide how to regulate all medical procedures, including abortions. Right. Okay. Right. How, how and do, those are— How do you make sense well, of— And what's the unintended consequences consequence Yes. If you— If you— If you overturn—if you do things— Or if you uphold— How is that going to— Right. I mean, because— the, How does that affect other—if it's medical procedures, how does that affect other medical, medical procedures? procedures? And as one of the lower federal court judges who ruled on this case previously um, uh, hypothesized, if the state—if Louisiana state law was upheld as being constitutional, there was a very good chance that in the very near future, there would be only one abortion provider in the state. So how would that impact women? Right. Okay. If you read the oral argument transcript, they 
they, they're struggling with that. Yeah, they, 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 I saw that the questions that they were asking were not no, simple. No. And they were not political. No. They were very much about, about okay. the turn of the law. What? How is this going to— Yeah, and, and if they uphold the Louisiana law, what does that mean for the precedent in a case from three, four years ago, the Hellerstead case um, uh, from uh, the state of Texas? I was going to say, is that uh, the one out yeah, of Texas? Yeah, the one out of Texas. And, right. and, and, and historically, the Supreme Court doesn't— does not like to overturn precedent so quickly, because if they did so, really the the only significant membership change, okay, would be Gorsuch and Kavanaugh. So the assumption of Schumer was, well, if the Supreme Court upholds Louisiana law, it's because of the stolen seat justice and the justice who shouldn't be on the court because he more than likely uh, in his youth, okay, uh, was a rapist. Okay. Right. So when you have that kind of discourse, okay. Uh, See, and that's what it comes, comes down, to. Yeah. It, it comes down to that discourse, to the idea of coarseness in sure. public speaking. And um, what I was extremely disappointed by with um, with Senator Schumer was that, and please take this in exactly the way I intend it, he sounded a great deal the way Donald Trump sounds when he's mad about something. He says things that he doesn't I think that he then sometimes tries to walk back because he realizes he was angry in the moment or he was emotional in the moment. President Trump does it. Lots of uh, not just President Trump. Obviously, lots of people do that. I do that. I've said things in the moment that I completely regret. Right. Um, And fortunately for me, there's nobody recording me when I do that. Right. So I don't have to answer for those things. But um, except to myself and to the person I said it to. So. But it, it disappointed me because it it was such a coarse, crude thing to say. And he said it because he's emotionally tied to the case. I get that. But he had to go out of his way to say it. And he didn't need to. He didn't. No. He just he could have said, we hope they do the right thing. Yeah, or right, you know, whatever. You and know, or, it's you know, up to you, you to interpret what the right thing is, yeah. or what you believe Schumer believes is the right thing. But instead, he he was basically threatening people's kneecaps, and I'm well. And he tried to walk. I'm not it, a fan. Yeah, and he tried to walk it back um, either last night or this morning. You know, my my words were misinterpreted. I'm like. Really? How does one misinterpret that? And again, you know, you know, you're from the South. I'm from the North. Okay. Somebody says that uses the words that he says. You're going to pay. Okay. You know. What are you thinking? You know, there is a price to pay. Well, I mean, hey, that is ambiguous enough to where you can read a lot into it. Right. And again, I. I would hope that our elected officials speak better, right? Um, that they understand their words are being reported, and that 
um, uh, the audience is much broader than just you and your friend having a conversation over dinner. Exactly. Okay. Or you and your spouse, okay, talking to one another first thing in the morning before you've had coffee or tea or whatever, right? And it's ammunition for your enemies. That's the other thing is it's slipshod. Why on earth would you say something that that your enemies could immediately cut and pull, pull out, out, yeah, and it, make a commercial from. Form, and 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 I've told students who support both Democrats and Republicans, you know, this argument that the other side or the other person, okay, is saying stuff like this. Well, you know, that's juvenile, right? Okay, um, you know. Um, uh, it reminds me of, you know, those various conversations you have in your youth with your parents um, where they fire back. Well, if your friends, you know, jumped off a, 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 cliff, a cliff, would, would you, you do, do that? that? OK. Or, you know, uh, the number on how high the cliff is, is you know, yeah. how many times I you know said to my mom, well, you know, my one of my siblings was able to do X. And, exactly. and, 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 and my mom's response was, so what? Act better. Right. Be better. Right. Um, you know, the, the the number of my students who were extremely critical of Brett Kavanaugh's uh, comments um, during the uh, his Senate confirmation hearing, particularly after um, uh, the allegations were made against him. OK, with the Senate committee, you know, he goes ahead and testifies and he basically just loses it. I mean, he gets emotional, et cetera. Right. Angry. And, he, he didn't look very judge like. Right. OK. He didn't have judicial temperament. Right. OK. A retired Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens was just like, I would have voted against him just simply because um, uh, he did not uh, exhibit judicial temperament. And I'm like, OK, wait a minute, guys. OK. Now, if you've been working for something all your life. Okay, you would not do what Kavanaugh did, and they were like, "Of course not," because he's supposed to be a judge. And I said, "Okay, fine." So I said, "But he's still a human." I said, "Okay, so do we expect, or should we expect, um, uh, better discourse, better behavior from our elected officials?" If the answer is yes, does not that apply to all parties in all government institutions? So if you don't like how the uh, current president um, uh, speaks or uses Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. And by the way, I'm not a huge fan. Okay. I've said this in a number of contexts. Okay. Of Twitter uh, uh, or of his Twitter? Both. Yeah. Okay. I, he, I, 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 I want presidents to get off of social media. Me too. Okay. And no in, Facebook, no Twitter. Okay. And in particular, um, uh, um, uh, the, the the rhetoric that is used on social media, including by our current president, okay, right. um, uh, I, I, I want better. Right. I want better. Okay. And Agreed. And not just Donald Trump, but everyone who's yes. on those on those forums. Yes. Needs to think about the fact that. See, I'm always. Um, now I'm going to sound like an old person, um, <laughs> an older person than I am, which is already saying something. Uh, I think people don't think it counts somehow. Because it's on social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that is a thing that will get used against you for years. Mm-hmm. When you go to look for a job, your employer is going to Google you. Yes. 
And if they see comments that you have made, I mean, how many how many singers, movie stars, whoever have made racist, misogynist, jerk comments in their past and that gets brought up five years later? When they do something public and somebody says, well, yeah, you say that now, but that's not what you were saying five mm-hmm. years ago. Right. And and I don't think there should be a, a statue of limits on on bad behavior, calling out bad behavior. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but what I am saying is you need to think about it when you put those things out for other people to yes. see. What is that? How is that going to be perceived five years from now? Are you going to be the person you are now five years from now? The answer to that, I promise you, is no, you are not. Um, And so do you want that to be your legacy? Does Chuck Schumer really want his legacy to be, I stood in front of a bunch of reporters and threatened two Supreme Court justices? And I'm with John Roberts. That was threatening language. And they don't have protection. Um the way presidents have protection, yes. the vice president. So part of what he's thinking is not that Chuck Schumer's going to break his kneecaps, because Chuck Schumer's not going to break. I mean, really, the fight between John Roberts and Chuck Schumer is not going to end well for Chuck Schumer. I'm just saying. I, pretty much, And RBG, she, she can take them all. That's not... Yeah. But, but what he's worried about is in... In the discourse that we are currently having, somebody hearing that and saying, what he wants me to do is hurt them. Yeah. And then doing or attempting to do it because they believe in the cause or whatever. Yeah. That's what John Roberts is worried about. He's not worried about Schumer. He's worried about, you know, your average unwell individual on the street who may or may not decide to try to do something about that. Is... Uh, is you know feeling as though they got a a, a role in a cause exactly okay. um, and and uh, or they're in love with a movie star. I mean, the guy who shot uh, Ronald Reagan, Reagan yes. was in love with Jodie Foster. Foster. To no fault of Jodie Foster, she didn't encourage him. No, she didn't. No, I mean, but, he but just it, was obsessed with her and thought, well, this would be a great way to get her attention. So, I mean that. That's also scary too. A great way to get somebody's attention would be to hurt one of these justices. And That'd when, be terrifying. And, and when I heard um, and, and I watched the video of, of Senator uh, Schumer's remarks, it, it brought me back to one of our first conversations about why we wanted to do this podcast. Right. Okay, which is, you know, what is the value of civil discourse? And and again, we've talked about this. Um, I'm not necessarily suggesting um, that uh, 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 people need to speak civilly because that's what those in power, how those in power want you to speak, right? You know, we've talked about this before. One of the complaints that I frequently hear from my students is that they are told to be more civil um, uh, by those in power who don't really want to hear them. And I'm not saying that. Right. Okay. On the other hand, if you don't speak in a civil uh, way, there's very little chance that the person you're speaking to will ever have their mind changed. Right. right? Exactly. So if the purpose of Schumer's remarks was to go ahead and motivate the Democratic Party base, okay, fine. But in the process, he basically had to know that 
uh, all conservatives were like, oh, he's just another nut job Democrat. Okay. Um, you might have moderates or independents who are like, hmm, um, you know, I wasn't all that sympathetic to the Louisiana law, but I'm not entirely sure I want to be supportive of a bunch of people who speak this way. Right. Okay. That's me. Okay. I was frustrated by that. Okay. Um, and, and moreover, as somebody who frequently laments how Supreme Court decisions get covered, either by the press, but also elected officials, okay, I, again, I would challenge you, and I hope this we actually put this up on the resource guide, um, that the oral arguments— the oral argument transcript, um, uh, you read it, okay? Right. And yes, some of it is arcane legal talk. Yeah, okay. skip that part. Okay. But you can see that, you know, it would not surprise me, for instance, after reading the trans, uh, you know, reading the transcript, um, which I have. <laughs> of course you have. <laughs> okay. It would not surprise me if um, John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh uh, uphold the Supreme Court's decision in the Hellerstead case. It wouldn't right. surprise me. I, okay. Now, this would upset conservatives who've been hoping that there at some point will be a majority of the justices that will overturn Roe v. Roe v. Roe v. I, I just don't see John Roberts doing it. One, and based on Brett Kavanaugh's questions, I, I think Kavanaugh was really struggling with. Um, uh, why the court should go ahead and uphold the Louisiana law uh, when the Texas law, remarkably similar, by the way, was declared unconstitutional as right. an undue burden on a woman's right to choose. Okay? Right. As the current law exists. This, that's that's what it is, right? right. Um, now, some of the justices, you know, we can predict their votes even before they took the case, right? right. Ruth Bader Ginsburg is going to go ahead and say Louisiana law is unconstitutional, right? So is Sotomayor. Sotomayor, Kagan. So is Kagan. More than likely Breyer, right? Um, on the on the opposite side, Alito and Clarence Thomas have consistently, you know, got, you know, uh, have voted against a woman's right to choose. Okay, they believe that it is a matter for the states to decide. Okay. Oh, great. Fair enough. Okay. Um, but when you read the oral ar argument transcript, y y you can see, and again, this is a difficult issue. Right. I mean, according to many scholars, according to many political commentators, abortion has been the most divisive issue in American politics since Roe v. Wade was handed down by the court. So if the American public is frequently divided by this, you know, why are we expecting Supreme Court justices to not also struggle with this? I mean, because many Americans, even today, uh, support a woman's right to choose, but they believe that um, uh, reasonable regulations are also acceptable. Right. It's complex. It it's is a complex. complex issue, and standing out, grandstanding about it, no. and especially grandstanding in a way that oh, 
sounds like a thug. Yeah. Like, right? really? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. The whole thing just sort of set my teeth on edge. And, 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 and again, in listeners, I, I, I want you, uh, I, I hope this is coming clear um, in me and Nia's discussion, in our discussion today, is that, you know, we're not picking on Democrats or Republicans, you know, Schumer or Trump, you know, our basic, our basic concern here is what, what happens when the language becomes coarse, when it becomes threatening, right? I mean, there are plenty of studies that go ahead and say that one of the reasons why perhaps hate speech should not get protected by the First Amendment is that the audience, the recipient of the speech feel threatened. So they stop hearing the speech because they feel threatened. They feel the hate. I don't know about, you know, anybody else. I think you and I are on the same page on this. But when I read the uh, uh, Senator Schumer's remarks and then I saw the video, um, I wasn't feeling all that respect, re- receptive to the point that he was trying to make. Right. All I kept on thinking was, Oh, my goodness, this is the Senate minority leader. This is the leader of the Democratic Party in one of our federal government institutions who um, is basically threatening two of our Supreme Court justices. I didn't hear. Yeah, I, I the, the had a moment of, where I thought, the, the, have the, I slipped back in time where it's OK, like the 1700s when you called people out because you wanted a duel yeah, or whatever, I mean, because barring that. You are a thug if you go around saying, you know, the rest of I'm going to make you pay. The, the rest of his message was completely lost on me. Exactly. Those uh, words were what I heard. Yes. I'm sure he had other things to say, and I have no idea what they were. Yes. Because I stopped. I was like, what? Did he just did he just threaten? Yes. Supreme Court justices. It, it's, a, it's much and like even when, if he didn't threaten them, threaten them in a in a sense of realism, like this is a, a, a threat I am going to carry out. I'm, you know, that kind of threat. There's. OK, there are things that you say to your friends. Right. Um, I'm going to smack you on the back of the head, right? Like the, the things that or your parents would say to you, I'm going to skin you a lot. They didn't mean it. No. And it wasn't, it wasn't a threat that was intended to be carried through. Yeah, I don't know how many times my sister said to me, I'm going to kill you. Now, right. did, I, did, did I fear for my life? Heck no. Right. Okay. But nevertheless, okay, that's that particular context. But right? it's familial, yes, right? right? It's familiar. Your or, friends, or, 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 you would never say that. To a f- to one of your students in your case, or me no, to one yeah. of the professors and that I work with, I would never say that to to somebody that I wasn't really good friends with and was and knew I was playing, because I don't know what they hear when I say that. Yeah, and that's the thing where we seem to be losing in in some of our discussion in government is that we're not. It's what you said earlier. We're not thinking about how the other person is hearing what we're saying. Yeah. And what that sounds like to them. And that's something that if you just stop for five minutes and think to yourself, if I say these words, are they going to know I'm kidding? Are they going to know I'm playing? Or are they going to think there's actually a potential threat here or that I'm inciting some kind of threat? Well, and if the purpose of, of Senator Schumer's remarks— And it's remarks, not just him. Other people okay, are guilty of it was, as well. —was to mobilize his base. Okay, fine. But again— 
he's a politician, okay? If the Democratic Party wants to win elections, the tent has to get bigger, which means you can't turn off potential people who might be persuaded to join the Democratic Party or to vote for Democratic Party candidates. Right. You use that kind of language, okay? Um, and, and people like me are aggravated, uh, but— Yes, okay? And, 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 and you know, you, now you have to work twice as hard to win me back. Yeah, because I'm just like, well— Really? Is that how we're going to talk to people? Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's kind of sort of like, um, you know, uh, uh, some of my friends who are Republicans are just like, you know, as soon as the president goes on uh, Twitter, he makes it almost impossible for me to defend the Republican Party. Right. Right. Because same thing. He says things on Twitter that are threatening. He says things on Twitter that are intended to incite a certain kind of emotion. They're they're demeaning. Well, and it rallies things like lock her up and those kinds of things. You know, again, similar idea of is this really how we want to talk to each other? And is this really what we want our kids to see? When they turn on the TV, do we want them to say, well, I know people don't watch TV anymore. I know I'm, I'm a dinosaur, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, do we, do we want it? Well, you and you coaching a bunch of little kids. Yeah. Do you want them to see you having that kind of discourse with the other coach? Of course not. That's why when parents run down onto the field and start yelling at the coach, I think, you know, your kids are watching, right? Yes. There's a whole bunch of kids watching you act like a jerk, and they're either taking away the message, oh, adults are jerks to each other, or if if that parent wins, being a jerk gets you something. Yeah. Neither is a good message. No. So, Chuck Schumer, if you're listening, which I highly doubt, but if you are, shame on you. That is not okay. Yeah. And And, and, and President Trump, stop. Tweeting for um, crying out loud. loud. Okay. Please. Okay. Um, shame on you as well. Yeah. Shame on you. Okay. Um, it, it, it's, well, uh, uh, to give you another example, uh, my daughter um, uh, came home and she was, uh, <laughs> we were doing homework. And then when she got done with her homework, she ripped it up. And I said, why did you rip up your homework, Mackenzie? And she was just like, well, wasn't there a politician who, like, you know, after her speech? Uh, uh, oh, and I was Nancy just like, Pelosi. And I was just like, okay, th- 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 that was for drama. That was almost kind of sort of like acting. And she was just like, oh, so I don't get to rip up my homework when I'm done? And I said, no. Okay, you do your homework, you turn it in so it gets graded. So you had to tape it back together. Yes, I yes I did. Okay. <laughs> wow. Well, but she's seven. Yes. She saw something. She, yes. She internalized it. Yeah, in she a way replicated that, it. Yep. You know, yes. people think they're not sponges, but they are. Oh my goodness, they're human sponges. Yes, they are. Okay. Um, um, and, and you know, every you know, anytime she hears. Hence me, why there's a curse jar at your house. That's right. Because every time I swear, okay, I you know go and get a quarter. Okay. And put it in the jar, which in, shows her that it's, it's not, not it's not appropriate. And that it's gonna cost you it's, in does, one way or another. It's gonna cost you, right? Um and I and, like the message. And and, and and you're funding her college at this point. With the uh, yes I am. With the and, amount of money that's going <laughs> into that jar. <laughs> 
Yeah, Mackenzie's just like, wow, you know, hey, Daddy, I, I, uh, I'm going to get a car when I'm 16. I'm like, this is <laughs> and I'm going to get a nice car. car like, right? I'm going to get a Tesla or something. And I'm like, you know, Mackenzie, <laughs> the you know, 10-year-old Jeep that Daddy currently drives, if he takes care of it, that's the car you're going to get in another 10 years. And, and of course, the look <laughs> on her face is just like, really, dude? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but you know, by then, they'll be... There won't be cars, or there'll be self-driving cars. You know, we'll be, be you know, we'll be pods that you get in and, and we'll sing be je- to work. And you know, we'll be jetting around like the Jetsons. Oh, I wish. <laughs> oh, the, the the other night, speaking of watching TV, the other night uh, b- before Mash came on on some cable station, there were uh, ancient. Yes, sorry, uh, Flintstones. Oh my gosh, she was utterly fascinated by the Flintstones. She was just like, "So you watch this, Daddy?" And I said. <laughs> Oh, yes. And she goes, really? And you can make a car move with your feet. Feet, yeah, right? Yeah. And she goes, now, you're not so old that you actually ate with um, uh, uh, dinosaur bones, did she you? She did not. Yes, yeah, she did say that. I was just like, really? You're making fun of the man who just made you dinner. Oh. And, and she was just like. Guess what? Your mac and cheese is going to have a lot of salt in it next week. <laughs> and she was just like. But, yeah, it, it was pretty funny because she was just like, did you watch this, Daddy? And I said, yeah. She Heck, was, yeah. Flintstones. Oh, yeah. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo. All that oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was just utterly fast. Which, when you go back and look at them, have not aged well. No, they have not. Because, yeah. you know, yeah. the technology has just moved on to the point now where. No. Um, but uh, uh, she likes Scooby-Doo for pretty much the same reason I did as a kid. She likes Scooby. Well, yeah. Yes. Uh, the, the rut, rest, rut, rut, raggy. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> rest of the characters, they they just don't resonate. Their, back, their background. Yes, right. But anytime, you know, uh, uh, Scooby and Shaggy are, like, afraid or, or they're always eating, she goes, I, now I understand why you like Sh- <laughs> uh, Scooby-Doo so much. He eats all the time, Daddy. You know, he said, what are you saying? She goes, you're always eating. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, and you are um, um, a, a, as funny as the dog is. And I said, oh, so I'm being compared to a dog now. She goes, yes. <laughs> oh, you know, she probably thinks you're the lamest, m- dumbest person alive in some ways. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the one exception is because once or twice a year uh, I, uh, I bring her to, to campus um, you know, because, you know, her school's out or, you know, she might be getting over an illness and she can't go to school. So, you know, she's stuck with daddy. So it's, you know, bring your daughter to to work day. And she, you know, within five minutes of whatever class, she immediately puts the buds in her ear and watches the tablet because she's just like, you know, she says, I, 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 she goes, you seem to know stuff that like I, I what is this stuff, right? And I'm just like, oh, this stuff I studied and talk about. And she was just like, yeah, right, right, right. Talk, talk, talk. That's all you do. <laughs> it's right, 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 right. Talk, talk, talk. And she, Which and, is professors, really. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's all we do. Right, right, right. <laughs> talk, talk, talk. Right. Um, yes. So I want to finish up this podcast by saying, uh, I think that it's been pretty clear, but I want to make it absolutely clear. We do not favor one, po- one politician over the other. No, we do not. Um, we are grumpy at all of them yes. for acting badly. Yes. 
and they need to stop. Yes. That is our demand. Yes. We are going to make that demand politely by saying, please stop, instead of by threatening people <laughs> and suggesting that we might hurt them in some way. And I don't care if it's a Supreme Court justice, a member of Congress, the president of the United States, um, whoever. Um, you know, you have a position of trust, uh, whether you like it or not. And maybe you th- should have thought about this before you aspired to these positions. Exactly. OK, people watch what you say and do. Many people um, uh, emulate em- emulate you. Right, um, they internalize it. To, yes. Um, you are a role model. And whether you like it or not, um, and uh, if you can't act better, then perhaps you should consider a different career. Yep. Perhaps. I Well said. All right. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks, Nia. You've been listening to Civil Discourse. Brought to you by VCU Libraries. Opinions expressed are solely the speaker's own and do not reflect the views or opinions of VCU or VCU Libraries. Special thanks to the Workshop for Technical Assistance. Music by Isaac Hobson. Find more information at guides.library.vcu.edu slash discourse. As always, no documents were harmed in the making of this podcast.